Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. We're here! It's Highly Enthused! It is episode five. How you going? I'm good. Pretty good. Long weekend here, which is always feels a little bit surprising, the October one. It sneaks it up on you. It's because there's such a long gap between the last one and this one, but it's also... The way I choose to believe the October long weekend is to celebrate the fact daylight savings is starting. Yes. Like, it doesn't feel like there's any other reason for it beyond, like, welcome to spring. (laughs) Enjoy. (laughs) So good daylight savings. I know. It's worth worth the loss of the hour sleep. Maybe, I think that's why they do it, because they're like, we'll just let you sleep in. You don't have to go to work (laughs) on the day that it fucks you with the hour. (laughs) How are you? I'm pretty good. I have really just... Sorry again to everyone who can't do this, but I've really lived my best life this weekend. <laughs> I've swum twice. I'm going to swim again. I went to Chinatown with my parents last night. That was delicious. I had my tarot cards read on Friday night, which was the best way to start a long weekend. <laughs> You're ticking off the astrology boxes. I know. I know. He was like, have you ever had your cards read? I was like, no, but I've had an astrology reading and my palm read before. He's like, okay. <laughs> I'm just ticking it all off. Um, but it felt like going to therapy. I feel like a whole new woman. It was a amazing excellent um what about you what have you been up to um i've just been been waking up very early these days <laughs> sleep is kind of <laughs> a bit funky for me uh but yeah that just ends up me shopping online for baby stuff <laughs> at like 6 a.m um which is, i guess is efficient yeah i have to do it at some point been keeping on my cereal train can confirm that the sultana brand buds which is a new thing that they have released which I thought were going to replace mini wheats, which is honestly the best cereal ever. I'm devastated. That is gone. But they don't. They, they don't. I really don't recommend them. Oh my God, is this our first negative review? Yeah, I'm telling <laughs> you. I'm this. sorry, Sultana Brand, but your buds are hollow and dry. <laughs> Speaking of eating. Yes, things that are not hollow and dry. What have you been eating this week? Okay, I've got a fun recommendation, which I hope is available around the country, um, but I found it in Harris Farm. It's a new collaborative series with that brand, Salt Meats Cheese, and they're collaborating with a bunch of different people on small, like, boutique ranges mm-hmm. of foodstuffs to cook at home. And the first one they've launched with is with Christopher Tear, who is that baker from Black Star Pastry who basically invented the watermelon cake. Oh, the icon. He didn't basically yeah. invent it, like, he did it. It's his, <laughs> that, yeah, extremely popular watermelon cream yep. cake. And... He's launched a brand of, or a series of crumpets, sourdough crumpets and sourdough English muffins. Oh my God, amazing. English muffins are so underrated. They truly are. I actually reckon that they're the new dark horse (laughs) in the baking aisle. (laughs) They've obviously been around for a long time. Just coming up from behind, 2020 is their year. And the crumpets are good, but there are a lot of good crumpet brands out Mm. there. And I, I don't know if these are the best, but the English muffins were so delicious. So they're like... Really slow fermented, which makes them extra sour and chewy, which Mm -hmm. is a good thing. They've got that, they kind of pan, they fry them on the bottom and the top. Mm -hmm. So they get a little bit crispy with that slight dusting of semolina. And just really good. Mm. Like absolutely easy to eat. (laughs) What is your preferred English muffin topping? What do you put on them? Peanut butter and butter. Oh, have you ever done peanut butter with honey? Mm. It is 
a revelation. I grew up with it thinking it was a normal thing. And then someone told me to do it once. and was like, that is so weird. I was like, it's the best combination. No, I don't know if I have. Although I do always try and replicate this amazing um, toast recipe from Room 10, which oh, is yes. that great cafe in Potts yeah. Point, which is called Bingo. And it's peanut butter, sliced banana, almond flakes, cinnamon and honey yeah that is a high like layering of ingredients well you can simplify really it just peanut butter and honey highly recommend yeah i can try that yeah. so that is christopher Tess english muffins the brand is called this is us mm-hmm. which sounds a little like early 2000s tv show it is me? literally an early 2000s <laughs> tv show mandy moore vehicle actually is it <laughs> oh <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about the name, but um, it's great. I'm looking forward to seeing who they collaborate with next. Great. Mm. What about you? Um, so I'm doing a really wild card recommendation for me and that it involves meat. I'm recommending a cheeseburger from a restaurant called Bush Restaurant in Redfern. Is it a chickpea burger? No, no. <laughs> an animal died for me to eat this burger. So I had heard rumors that this restaurant in Redfern, really tiny little place, like very small, had like the, one of the best cheeseburgers in Sydney. You know how like things sort of pop up in your social media over like a period of a few months and you're like, I need to check this out. And so I went there a couple of weeks ago and we just got like cheeseburgers, their fries, which are crinkle cut and have this really good like little spice blend on it and a green salad. And oh my God, the burger was so delicious. So the guy that I'm dating is American and very grumpy and he's convinced that uh, no burgers in Australia are anywhere near as good as the shittest burger in America and he was satisfied really? by this burger. He said it was the best one he's had here. Ooh. He was annoyed he had to pay like $15 for it. I tried to explain that we have like wages and <laughs> ethically raised meat, but it was not having it. Um, but it's very simple. It's what they call a smash burger. So it's where they like really like press the, oh, the patty yeah. down on the, the, the griddle so it gets really caramelized mm. and crunchy and all the fattiness like kind of like comes out and cooks but doesn't get dry stays really juicy and then it's just got cheese pickles and burger sauce and it's on those milk buns those like soft um, buns like you kind of just have to pick it up and then just not put it down and just like gobble it down (laughs) in a few bites i could eat that right now um but it was so good and like everything they do the menu is really short and funnily enough the rest of it has a kind of australian theme so like they've got pikelets wattle seed damper sausage rolls Fairy bread and butter pudding, which we did not order, but I want to go back for. <laughs> but yeah, so delicious. They had a really great um, green salad, which was iceberg lettuce, my favorite mm. in a, a green salad. Just give me that crunchy, crispy freshness. Yep. The really zingy dressing, fried capers. And yeah, and the restaurant's great. It's BYO. They have a little courtyard it's out BYO. the back. Yeah. Um, so you can just take in beers, you can take in wine. Oh, Tiny little good. courtyard out the back. Staff was super friendly. It was, and I think... I might be wrong, so don't quote me on this. I think they also do a mushroom burger, like a veggie bun, which I would definitely try because I actually love a mushroom burger when done properly, and I feel like they would do it well. So Yum. that's the cheeseburger at Bush. Highly recommend, which for me says a lot because I don't really talk about meat that much on the podcast. <laughs> Gotta take you guys surprise. Yeah. Gotta twist and turns. No more chickpeas till 2021. <laughs> I'm holding you to that. <laughs> okay. What have you read or watched or listened? Which one are you going with this week? Well, this is kind of like a read and a watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an Instagram series from Humans of New York. Oh, I have not checked them out for a while. Oh my god. Uh, neither had I. They'd really fallen off the radar for no particular reason. Mm-hmm. Like, algorithm. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't try to avoid them or anything. 
But it was a series that they have released over the past couple of weeks. It's wrapped up now. It's about 33 parts. So oh, it was wow. an absolute deep dive into one character. Not a character, like a real person yeah. living in New York <laughs> called Stephanie. It was called Tattletales from Tanqueray, the series. And Stephanie was, she's I think in her 80s now, but a burlesque dancer in New York in the 50s and 60s. And he actually, the creator of, of Humans of New York, Brandon Stanton, I think mm-hmm. his name is, came across her ages ago and had this amazing post about Stephanie where she totally like schooled him on stuff and yeah. um, had all these great stories to tell. And they recently reconnected and she just started revealing her more and more of her amazing story. And he was going to make it into a podcast, but then she has a lot of health issues mm. and COVID, obviously, yeah. that couldn't happen. So he cre- he created this this kind of slow reveal 33 part series on her life in order mm. to raise funds for her health needs. So she mm-hmm. needs like 24 hour care, basically, yeah. which in, as you know, in the States is ridiculously prohibitively expensive. Mm. And I just got so addicted to this story. Like he released about three posts every day over the space of around seven to 10 days. Mm. And it's just insane. The things that she talked about, like, trying to create this character there was like no black burlesque dancers in this time and trying to crack into that world where you can make a lot of money was extremely difficult and she had to be really creative and you can't believe all this stuff that she says you're just like that is insane that doesn't happen and then in the carousel of images that he puts up Mm. she has like receipts essentially (laughs) the whole story like brochures from the clubs that she danced in photos of her in costume newspaper clippings um all of it is true, which Amazing. you just can't wrap your head around because it's so incredible. Um, real stories of like hardship with her partner um, and, you know, the ups and downs of this kind of life and that kind of scene back in the day, which is um, pretty dodgy. But they ended up raising 2.65 million US oh for Stephanie, which sounds like a lot, but that was what she needed to keep <laughs> have this care. Um, which is just mind-blowing. But the comments on these posts as well are so great. Like, everyone is so invested in Stephanie and these wild tales that she tells. It's wrapped up now, but it's all linked in there, in the Humans of New York Instagram page. Like, you don't need to read it in real time. You Mm. can just start from the beginning and and work your way up. But it is unbelievable, incredible storytelling. He just has that knack of drawing out people's stories. And, Mm. I mean, Stephanie is definitely a a wild card because she has all these crazy (laughs) stories to tell and loves to tell them, I think. But, no, it's if you need an an escape into someone's completely off-the-wall life, I would really recommend that. So, yeah, it's great that there was such a good result too. Awesome. What about you? I am being old school and recommending a book. Nice. It's been a couple of weeks. So this is definitely a pandemic appropriate read or not at all appropriate because it will make you think about the pandemic, but it's called On Immunity and Inoculation by a writer named Eulabis. Such a good name. Mm. So satisfying to say. It actually came out in 2014. So she had incredible foresight or it's just one of those books that was sort of well received at the time, but has had a second life since this all happened. And it's a bit of a hard book to describe. It is nonfiction. It's only like 200 pages. So it's quite a quick read, or at least it's not like a huge tome that you're going to have to slog through. And it is bracing. Like she is so, you know, writers who are just so clear sighted and they know they write just like really crisp, interesting prose. So 
It's my favorite kind of nonfiction because it's that kind where someone who is really brilliant and interested in the world and a really great writer has a personal experience and it kind of triggers a deep dive into a particular area of topic and they sort of explore all these things. So for her, this situation that sort of instigated is that she gave birth to her first son and I think it was either the swine flu or one of the avian flu pandemics. This was back in like 2009. So I think it was the the swine flu was happening and it was a pandemic um, on a much smaller scale, obviously, than what we're experiencing now. But she gave birth to her son and then she was just experiencing this overwhelming like fear of the sense of like her, her perfect, beautiful baby being like polluted by the world. And then it caused her to like deep dive into the world, kind of like starting looking at people who don't want to vaccinate their kids because back then it was kind of, that was when it was sort of really happening and coming into the fore. So we're talking, you know, 11 years ago. But instead of it being like, you know, someone's afraid of something and so they veer away from it, she's like afraid of this. And so she just leans in and investigates where does this fear of vaccines come from? What's the history of it? What's the history of vaccination? What is the immune system? Turns out I didn't really know what the immune system was. If you'd asked me to describe it, I would have thought I could, but she like dives into it and she talks about like the philosophy of immunity, about public health, about the history of public health. Like, and she's so um, compassionate without letting people off the hook for not sort of trusting science. She really places things like, you know, the fear of toxicity or like the fear of pollutants in food or of vaccines and all these things. She places them in this context of like, well, this is how governments have handled public health crises. This is how poor people have been treated by governments and why they might have fear or have resisted vaccinations as like a a political standpoint, not just an anti-science thing. And it's just really illuminating and so much that's happening in the world right now and it's so easy to dismiss people who are like anti-vax is like they're just crazy they're loony and it's you know I'm not saying that there aren't you know a lot of things within that that do make me really angry when I see that people who have suppressed immune systems are at risk because of these people's beliefs but she just contextualizes it all in this really fascinating way it's honestly if I could give everyone a book to read in the pandemic I'd be like here like understand like how as a society we've kind of found ourselves in this position I wonder if she's done any writing since COVID like Um, on the subject I don't think she's written on the subject. She does have another book coming out this year, which is actually about um, like what it's like to buy a house, which sounds dry again, but it's even just describing, I don't think I've, I've done her any justice in describing the book. The way I would describe it is the experience I had on Saturday morning when you're a little bit hungover and dusty headed and you can't think clearly and you jump into a freezing cold body of water and you come out and you feel like alive and clear sighted and like you can just like survive. That is what reading this book feels like, like a bracing swim. You're like, ah! I understand how the world works now. It's like a whole new insight into it. It's That's cool. That's brilliant. satisfying when you yeah, yeah you feel like you fully grasp something because someone explains it really well. Oh, it just feels like she's opening doors into rooms you didn't even know were there, and you're like, oh, that's how that works. And like, it's fascinating. That's Loved cool. it. So that is on immunity and inoculation by Eulabis. Highly, highly recommend. Yeah, it's just totally brilliant. I I really enjoy reading. And like, this is why Contagion just blew up. Like there's something about watching something that you're living Mm -hmm. at the same time. It's like satisfying. It's also just like, it just makes you feel less uh, at sea. Like there's just something actually truly reassuring about being like, here is a person going through a thing or experiencing a thing that I'm experiencing. Like sometimes you want to escape it, but sometimes you're like, let me press that bruise. I want to feel, I want to feel it. That Damon's going to come save us any 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 day now. now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
What have you bought or done this week? I have done something by officially becoming my mom. Oh, okay. Um, with this recommendation, <laughs> which is a beach chair. Oh my god! Never owned a beach chair in my whole life. Um, and when we were up, we had a little um, couple of days on the beach up up the coast recently and realized that you can only like you normally really lie on the beach on your stomach or on your back which like neither of those things you can do when you have this giant beach ball in front of you yeah um so you kind of like lie on your side but then it's like oh my hips and (laughs) your like head has nothing to lean on it's just a shit time (laughs) such like a whinger um so I was like, it was going to be great week, great weather this weekend. Me and my friends were going to the beach and I was like, I'm just going to duck into Bunnings and just get a beach chair. It's going to be great. I know it's going to help. $9.95 later, <laughs> extremely cheap. And the price is right. The yeah. price is right. <laughs> my friend who is not pregnant also got one and we kind of laid them out on the beach. I actually also brought a pillow <laughs> to the beach, which was ridiculous considering the... Um, the length we had to walk from our parking spot to the beach um but yeah set it all up and i sat down and i was like yes this is the best purchase of all time and my friend was like this is amazing and she's not pregnant either so you've crossed over then our friend who was there who didn't have one was so jealous because he was like a pleb lying on his front yeah on the ground (laughs) on the ground (laughs) um so i really just recommend you try it yeah it's not a big investment 9.99 i mean you have to schlep it there and back which is a little bit annoying but they're not that big yeah and yeah i whole think, other level of i comfort. think the willingness to schlep things is how you've truly become a mom <laughs> yeah true because you're like it's fine i'm gonna be more comfortable i need these things i'm taking it yeah i'm willing, willing to invest in my comfort <laughs> more and more these days <laughs> and i think it'll be something i keep around yeah yes Perfect. so yeah definitely 9.95 guys it's not going to set you back a lot. Even if you're just picnicking, even. Yeah, if you're I mean, going anywhere, just bring your own chair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, what about you? Um, so, I'm getting really into gua sha. Mm, I remember Faye from Luna talking about this. Yes, she did. This is where I got my gua sha tool last mm-hmm. time I had a facial there. I always just sort of black out there and spend heaps of money. But it is a natural alternative therapy. It's actually originally a Chinese healing technique that I guess has been appropriated by modern beauty culture. I'm um, kind of like how acupuncture sometimes gets appropriated by people who don't know anything about acupuncture. But mm. that being said, it's a facial massage technique. The tool is like a flat, um, mine's just like rose quartz or something. They're like crystals or jades. You can put it in the fridge. You can, you know, just keep it near your skincare. And what you do is after you've kind of cleansed and you, uh, lubricate your face with some oil and then you do sort of like gentle strokes on your face with using the different sides on different parts of your face um and it's really what it's mostly good for is like lymphatic drainage so like just helping move things around and it also is supposed to help like tone the face or help with muscle tone um i just think it feels nice and i do get quite puffy under my eyes so in the morning i'll sometimes just do a little bit just to kind of like help smooth it all out I, I mean, should try that. I am puffy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can like wash our baby away, but uh, <laughs> it can definitely help with any face puffing. Do you, so you do it in the morning? I have done morning and night. If I wake up and I'm like super puffy, like especially if I've eaten like something really salty the night before and mm. I'm a bit dehydrated, I just feel like I get real like, like, you know, you look under your eye and you're like, where have my eyes gone? 
<laughs> and you kind of like anchor your hand and then do a couple of things. And um, I actually really recommend this Instagram account called Britta underscore beauty. It's B-R-I-T-T-A. She's this amazing facialist who I think is based in LA and she uses gua sha in all of her facials. And she has these really great little tutorials that show you different routines you can do for different things. Cool. You know, you want to smooth wrinkles in your forehead or help with even with pigmentation apparently it can help with. I don't know if I've drank the Kool-Aid completely, but it does feel really nice. It's just like, you know, at night time, you're like, I'm going to be nice to myself. Just yeah, a little massage routine. my face. Like so, that. yeah. So, Gua Sha, follow Britta Beauty. And then I think she actually has a bunch of recommendations of other people you can follow as well. And then you'll just fall down a fucking Instagram rabbit hole and follow 25 accounts like I probably do now. <laughs> is and... it the same as Jade Rolling? No, so Jade Rolling is um, it's just a, it's a different motion. Different motion. Okay. I'm sure it does similar things. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I just know it feels nice and it's supposed to like help with uh, puffiness, which it seems to. Cool. So yeah. Okay. What time is it now? It, it is, is fast five time. Fast five, fast five, fast five. Don't know where that came from. I'm going first. Go. Okay. So my first one is this really trippy and amazing Instagram account called Anime Foodie. Mm-hmm. That's F-O-O-D-I. Mm-hmm. And it's this animator who recreates food scenes from TV shows or like little clips he finds on the internet, like TikToks and stuff about food prep. Mm-hmm. So like making a dish, coming together, gathering all the ingredients and animates them Amazing. into the most detailed and brilliant animations. Like, and the soundscaping is really good too. Like the crack of the egg, the snip of the herbs, the whisking of things, rice going into water. Yeah, it's so soothing (laughs) and just so talented. Like it's so, sometimes he has, I assume it's a a guy. I don't know why I assume that. Um, (laughs) But sometimes he has split screen so you can see the original clip and then his animation below it. And it's so cool. I just really think if you need something to turn your mind off, yeah, ASMR your way there. <laughs> Anime.foodie. The next one is a cheese. Thanks again to my cheese correspondent, Penny, at Penny's Cheese Shop <laughs> for recommending this to me. It's Fontina Vecchio from Section 28. Section 28 is a really incredible small artisan cheesemaker in the Adelaide Hills in mm-hmm. South Australia. They make mostly hard and semi-hard cheeses, so there's not a lot of, like, oozy brie and things yeah. like that. And... Fontina, like normal Fontina, it's that washed rind. It's a little bit squidgy and fudgy mm. and delicious. Absolutely gorgeous. Has that kind of like spring back when you mm. bite into it. Bit funky on the nose, which is something that I like. But Fontina Vecchio, Vecchio means aged. Yeah. So this is Fontina style cheese that's been matured for 12 months. And that really only makes it like more intense and nutty <laughs> um, and delicious. That... So not for the faint of heart. Well, it's not like, it's not like, it's not going to blow your socks off like an apoise or something yeah. really French and like stinky, but it just has that pong that just lingers, which is really delicious and far out. It's good. Like every time I have to go somewhere these days, or like prepare a cheese plate, this cheese is on it. You can get it in Melbourne at, I saw that Harper and Blom in Brunswick stocks it. Penny's Cheese Shop is in Potts Point. Yeah, Fontina Vecchio, section 28. 
if you do come across a big collection of Section 28 cheeses as well, they make this other one called Primavera, mm-hmm. and it's just pressed with all these wildflowers. Oh, it's beautiful. a spring cheese. It only comes out, like, once a year. So, like, now, probably. It's so pretty. Okay, the next one is kind of dumb, but um, <laughs> I heard about this on Triple J Hack, which I don't tune into always, but sometimes is really great. It's a recent study... I don't know where the study was. I'm sorry. I have not researched that. (laughs) Irrelevant. (laughs) That found that watching 30 minutes of cute animal videos a day, which I guess is a lot lot a day, really makes you less stressed. (laughs) Groundbreaking. (laughs) But they tested it on this bunch of subjects who watched 30 minutes of quokkas. The cutest animals in the world. It's a little marsupial from WA. Yeah, apparently they're the happiest animals in the world. They have no natural predators. Yeah. They trust everyone. So good. (laughs) Anyway, people who watched quokkas for 30 minutes a day, um, their blood pressure dropped like 50% or something (laughs) insane like that. Way less stressed. And the relaxation was like incredibly high. And so now I just feel like my TikTok dog video is like medicinal. (laughs) It's like a practice that I'm going to keep up. It's actually a wellness practice. <laughs> they mentioned on, on Hack that it, they have to be cute animals. Like, they can't be, like, shark videos. <laughs> like, you can't, like, tune out to sharks for... I mean, maybe some people find sharks cute. But they have to be, like, cute and furry and, like... There's something about the cuteness. Yeah. Which just really relaxes you. Okay, good to know. So that's a study that exists. <laughs> I'll link to it in the newsletter. Uh, the next one was an episode of Pandora Sykes from the High Lows new podcast called Doing It Right, mm-hmm. where she interviews Alain de Botton, which I think I've spoken about before on, yeah. on the podcast. He's a philosopher, started the School of Life. And there's lots of great tidbits in, in this episode. Alain just like is so amazing to listen to. He's so insightful and really like relaxed about philosophy like Mm. which you don't really expect he doesn't kind of push any perfect state of mind on anyone or like strict rules it's all about you know finding what works for you and they were talking about happiness and about happiness being not a state everyone tries to the one thing they want in life is to be happy Mm -hmm. but that's just not achievable or sustainable and it's not something that is possible (laughs) really humans like cannot be permanently happy And something that he mentioned plays into that a lot is ambition. And that ambition really, you know, it's a great quality to have, but it it actually really holds you back from being happy. (laughs) Which is, I was like, far out. That is so interesting. I'd never really thought about that. Like as a pretty ambitious person Mm. who's like, you know, always got projects on the go. He's always doing stuff. He's always looking to the next thing. He's always like trying to get stuff done. And like, you know, God, it's exhausting even talking about that right now. Yeah. Join the dark side. <laughs> like, yeah. Can't be lazy with me at the beach. <laughs> it totally, it, it's constantly hankering after something else, which of mm. course is going to hold you back from being like content. Yeah. I guess. Not saying that I'm not, you know, happy and content <laughs> a lot of the time, but yeah, it was just really interesting to think about. So is your, one of your fast five recommendations having an existential breakthrough <laughs> yeah. about the nature of existence? <laughs> it's just so good to listen to. His episode on how to fail with Elizabeth Day is also excellent. Amazing. Yeah, so I recommend that. That was Pandora Sykes podcast, Doing It Right with Elaine de Baton. And my last one is this kind of wacky 30-minute documentary produced by The New Yorker uh, this week called Flower Punk. Did you did you watch this? No, I haven't seen this. It's just on YouTube. Anyone can access it. It shows the work of a Japanese florist. He's not really a florist. He's a floral ah. He's a floral artiste. Of course. <laughs> um, in Tokyo, called Azuma Makoto, and he was originally in a punk band, like when he was growing up. 
And now that he's older, he's like channeled all that into making art with flowers. I would love to have known him when he made that decision. (laughs) Yeah. He really fell into it. Like absolutely started washing buckets. Um, It's not like he... Yeah, emerged fully formed as a punk floral artist. But he's done all these amazing projects. He set up his own gallery. He sent these incredible arrangements into really tough circumstances. Like he's sent them into the atmosphere with a giant, you know, balloon to be photographed um, with the earth underneath it. And he sent them down, down, down into deep, dark, like ocean Mm. with all these cameras around him. Like that project took three years to figure out how it would happen. Uh, there's this great scene where they're all watching this arrangement at the bottom of the sea from a boat on the surface if it was working as the photos came through and this eel just like slides up to it and the photos are insane there are these great time lapses of these flowers suspended in giant ice blocks Mm. that slowly melt and decay beautiful beautiful work and just a totally crazy world of the Tokyo flower market and like the poor pressure that his assistant is under who goes to buy the flowers she talks about like this this crazy responsibility of buying them for this artist um yeah it's just a really great 30 minutes super fast insight into yeah someone's creative process and I just love how some like Japanese artists and creators and makers talk about self-expression and emotion like Mm. the translation is always just so um poetic and beautiful And, yeah, I loved it. So that is on YouTube. It's called Flower Punk on the New Yorker's page. Yeah, really good. I want to watch that. What about you? Fast five, Soro. Five. So first one is an app recommendation for Google Keep. Hmm. It is – I use it for everything. It's like a list app. It works on desktop. I have an app on my phone. Um, I use it for work. I use it for this podcast. I have a list of recommendations on it. I have like a checklist or just a normal note. I have like a million wish lists. I have a list of present ideas for people. Every time someone mentions something in my presence, I'm like, write that down. Why don't you use notes? I used to use notes for it, but I I think for some reason I just started using keep and I just stuck. Mm. And I do use notes when I, but I tend to use notes when I'm like typing other stuff. Look, why I have this split workflow, I don't know. But I really love Keep for it. I have. I think the reason I started originally is because you could share a Google Keep note with someone else and make it um, communal. That's cool. So I had a grocery list with Alex, which I still use. So I have a grocery list. Yeah, great for grocery lists. Um, anyway, I just really like it. I just thought I'd recommend it. Um, okay, number two is a TV show recommendation for if you really liked the steamy sex scenes in Normal People but found it too emotionally heavy. <laughs> um, I want to recommend Vida on Stan. It is steamy. Like, this is a not safe for work sentence, but within the first 20 minutes of episode one, one of the characters is receiving oral sex in a stairway at her mother's wake. Yeah, that is a crazy scene. <laughs> that is a very intense scene. So... in some ways it puts normal people to shame (laughs) it's a little bit more explicit Uh, but it follows these two Latina sisters in Los Angeles one has flown home from Chicago one has been in Los Angeles but in another area and they're brought together because their mum passes away and they have to figure out what to do with the bar that she owned that they grew up in and it's like it's also about gentrification and grief and it has this really wonderful magical realist element and there's this one scene in season two where one of the characters goes to a bar and gets drunk and they all dance and I watched it deep lockdown and I was like, <laughs> I miss dancing with strangers. But yeah, I just like tore through two seasons. Um, I think there's three seasons in total. It's really great. Get on it. 
It's Vita. You can watch it on Stan. I have a recommendation for a spice blend. Oh yes, I have this in my cupboard. Yes. So this is Tajin Spice. Tajin. Tajin Spice. Is that how you say it? Apparently. Tajin Spice. So I'd seen it in America, but found it in Harris Farm the other day. It's everywhere. It's at Dad Murphy's too. Oh, so obviously the importer has just like got it on board, but it's really great. It's a chili and lime seasoning. You can sprinkle it on a watermelon. You can make your own elotes, so corn, mayonnaise, put tagine, put the cheese on, delicious. Or if you're making yourself a margarita, rim your glass in a blend of salt mm. and this, just for a little spicy margarita. It's so good. It's got that like that dried lime. That citric acid tang. Which I really like. Some people mm. really don't like it, but I love it. No, I used to um, like warheads as a kid. Like yes. I love citric acid. I want to feel like my face is popping off. This my is not that just intense. Watered. Yeah. <laughs> that like sweaty mouth feeling so good so that's tahin spice dan murphy's harris farm probably in woolworths check it out there's a great article i think on um the new york times about all these recipes with tahin like mm. yeah ice pops like fruit ice pops oh, dipped brilliant in mango i could see it on mango yeah totally all the fruits yeah mm. anything juicy so yeah Yum. please tell us other ideas for it because i also have quite a large bottle of it and i was like i have to <laughs> eat a lot of this this summer Okay, I have a recommendation for just a simple white singlet slash tank top, if you live in America. It is by a brand called Weekday. Oh man, is it the Scandinavian brand? I don't know where they're from. I stumbled across it because of a fashion post on Cup of Joe, and I have been on a hunt for the perfect white singlet, like tank top. I've had a vision in mind not been able to find it. I'll be honest, these haven't arrived yet, so maybe they're not it, but I have very high hopes for them and they were only $16. And they're just like really classic, plain white singlet with like a sort of straight, slightly scooped neck, straps mm. that are thin, but still wide enough to put a bra underneath. Cool. Nice stretchy fabric. They look great. This Ribbed. brand is amazing. It's yeah. Swedish. It's oh, so good. That's why. Totally forgot about it. Yeah, there you go. The shops are really good in Sweden. If good you're to there. Know. <laughs> if you're in Sweden, enjoy. If not, you can buy it online. Apparently their jeans are really good as well. Mm. Haven't ventured into that, but um yeah. Excited to check that out. Cool. And then my final recommendation is for marigolds. Oh, I can see you've got a bunch. I've got a bunch. <laughs> I got it for seven dollars from the grocery store. They're nice. So cheap. They're just very bright. Very cheap. Buy yourself a bunch of flowers this week, guys. It'll make a difference. It cheers you up. $10 or less flowers is so satisfying. I know. And they're just like a nice, if you're at the supermarket, they're just a nice impulse purchase if they have them. Mm. You know? Let's grab a bunch. They're perfect. I know. Perfect <laughs> for this season. And that's it. That's all. That's all we've got time for. Happy... What day of the week is it? It's going to be Wednesday. <laughs> Happy Wednesday, everyone. <laughs> We hope you have a lovely week. We hope you're safe. We hope you're okay. We Melbourne. hope you're signed up to our newsletter. We do. Highlyenthused.substack.com. Thanks for all the awesome emails we've been getting lately too. That is highlyenthused at gmail.com. Um, they've been really nice. I know. And follow us on Instagram at highlyenthused. You know the drill. See ya. See ya, guys. Bye.